Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings a wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody. All right, everybody. That was, that was Jeff Fetchel's Fat Cigar, cigar you were listening to, and that, to, means, and that it's means it's time for not, for not just blowing smoke. smoke. Coming at you live, coming at you live from, from Twin Smoke, smoke Shop Studio, Studio, Studio Headquarters in sunny, in sunny, thank, thank God, Hooks, yes. yes. New Hampshire. Thank be sure to be sure to subscribe to us right here on Facebook and YouTube, and also on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, basically basically wherever it's possible for you to get a podcast. I am I am Pastor Padrone, and I'm here with my co-host Nick and Dave. Dave, Paul, Paul is, off, is tonight. off tonight, and tonight and we are looking, looking at cigars and tobacco, tobacco with British ties and inspiration. And, and to start, start us off, off we are joined, joined by Mr. Nick Aragua himself, <laughs> Nick Melillo of Foundation <laughs> Cigars. Woo! Guys, Guys great, great to, to be here. here. Thanks, Thanks for having, having me. me. I'm not, I'm not muted, muted, am I? No, we hear you. No, that's not Thanks for having me. Well, great to be here. It's, it's great, great to, have to have the Yoda, Yoda of Broadleaf. Broadleaf. Yoda, like, that's, that's, a, that's, 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 that's a good, good one. one. Uh, I would I have had to love, love Broadleaf. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And, and this, this is, is just fantastic. fantastic. But, 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 you know, you know before, before we get, we get into, into talking about the cigar, you want to tell us a little bit about the cigar itself? Yeah, sure. High Clear Castle. This is the Victorian. We originally, originally uh, released, released the Edwardian, which is a Connecticut shade. This, this is a Habano Ecuador wrapper, right? Okay. Habano Ecuador is, to me, one of the most beautiful wrappers. Um, you know, Ecuador has a very unique climate for growing wrapper tobaccos because during the growing season, there's this very thin layer of cloud cover. So Ecuador has been blessed in the sense that these clouds act as a natural filter mm-hmm. of the sun. So the plant's not getting direct sun exposure mm-hmm. and produces wrapper grade tobacco. So, right, it's thinner. The vein structure is thinner. You know, r- growing wrapper tobacco is very, very difficult and much different than fillers. So Ecuador is... Um, it's just, you know, blessed with this certain climate for growing wrapper styles. And of course, you know, Cuban, Cuban seed brought to Ecuador. Uh, it's grown by the Oliva Tampa family, not the cigar family, but the okay. infamous Oliva Tampa growing family that goes back to the early 1900s. <laughs> and I've always worked with Habano Ecuador you know, behind the scenes, but I never um, worked on a project that came to market. So this is really my debut Habano Ecuador offering and blend. Um, So it's a very important, beautiful, oily, Mm -hmm. it's a seventh priming wrapper, meaning it's it's higher up on the the leaf, uh, I'm sorry, on the plant positioning. In Ecuador, because of that sun, right, the lack the lack of direct sun exposure, the plants grow much taller, right? Okay. Uh, yep. 
it's like in Connecticut for Connecticut shade, they grow up to eight, nine feet high, as opposed to filler plants, they're much shorter and stockier, you know, thicker. So it's a seventh priming. It's it's not quite a Maduro, like really dark, dark. I say Mm -hmm. cafe Maduro. So it's Mm -hmm. got that nice coffee kind of kind of dark richness to it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, the binder is Modafina Brazil, which Whoa. is also one of my favorite tobaccos in the world. Um, and this is the only commonality between the Connecticut Shade version, the High Clear Edwardian. So they're completely different blends except for the binders. Okay. Um, so I found that the Modafina on both blends worked incredibly. Modafina is a darker richer tobacco also yes um you know it's it's much more difficult to get nowadays because of we can get into that in more detail if you want to but between currency exchanges but mainly also the growing in Montefina Brazil they haven't gotten a lot of wrapper tobacco right so if you're not getting enough wrapper from yep. the crop and you're trying to grow wrapper, the price goes way up because you're not getting a good yield. Um, so it's a, it's a more difficult tobacco to get. It's a pricier tobacco, but it's one of my favorite tobaccos in the world, Matafina. Yeah. Um, and then the filler, you have a combination of some really great growing regions in Nicaragua, Esteli, of course, Jalapa. Really yep. nice. Uh, the north of Nicaragua, and there's a little bit of Ometepe from the south mm. of Nicaragua. Ooh. There's two lakes. One of them is Lake Nicaragua, and there's two volcanic islands. And those volcanic islands produce uh, a very small amount of filler tobaccos that come from from that island. So it's it's very unique growing region, Ometepe. So. Mm. I think it just really made a, a super elegant, you know, flavorful blend. You know, yeah. it's not over the top in strength. No. It's not mild, but mm-hmm. it's it's got a lot of flavor going on. Would you say it's a, a like a medium body? I medium would say. Or, or yeah. stronger than that. I would say medium plus. You, you might get some, you know, at the, the beginning third, a little bit more of a spiciness coming from it. Then it should start to really round out. I would say medium, medium plus. Mm-hmm. And as you guys know, you dig with that. You know, it all depends on palates, right? And I'm always kind of surprised sometimes because depending on the palate, how people find the smokes. But I think medium, medium plus is a good, good range. Well, the the burn on this is amazing. Mm. Look at that. Yeah, so nice. For base. Yeah, was razor razor perfect all the way around the cigar. Oh yeah. Um, I just asked mine, which is probably a, a sin. I shouldn't have done it, but. Well, how you know, could you? I know. <laughs> the Jesus had to die for things like that. Shame on you. Give me Father Fry of sin. Now mm, think about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, this is really smooth, very yeah. creamy, and you've got this yeah. light kind of cocoa kind of flavor. You know, I'm getting in there, um, some nice earth. You know, it's it's 
very, very good. Just a little bit of spice. A little bit. I think the... Um, picking up some coffee? I'm picking up a little <laughs> bit of coffee. It's not funny. Um, but with the Oban, you're getting that a little bit of sweetness in there. In the I back. was just going to say that. Yeah. That well, Oban with we that did, cigar. Uh, yeah. With the, uh, we were, I was supposed to pick up Oban 14. And I was like, you know what? We're going to have Nick Malillo on. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to drink 14 in his presence. <laughs> <laughs> so I grabbed 18. Only nice for you, huh? I was like, I grabbed the 18. It's not that much money, and it's a damn good scotch, and especially with this cigar, mm. it's 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 so good together. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Nick's oh, thinking cool. that the next time you do that, he should actually be here. Yeah. You know how you're reading my mind. <laughs> reading my mind over here. Reading my mind. We're drinking with Nick. He can't have any, but we're gonna have 18. <laughs> no, you guys, you guys, you guys enjoy. Uh, I'm. It's actually. I think if I saw anything on the shelf, I might have made that exact selection because I'm a big Oban fan. And oh, yeah. uh, it's, I can taste it actually right now as I'm tasting the cigar. <laughs> I have my coffee going right it's now. It's good. Well, coffee would go great with the cigar too. too. Yeah. Great. I, I, I can only imagine. Coffee is like, yeah. Yeah, coffee. Well, there's no well, broad leaf. No well, no. Ecuadorian about. But, <laughs> but it's okay. You no, know, but it's, it's, it's similar. You know, it's got those, because those are the flavors I really love in blends, you know, is that dark espresso those coffee type flavors the cacao so you know when i'm blending cigars too i'm usually have coffee or san pellegrino it's either either one or the other (laughs) do you do any bourbons or anything like that when you're when you're blending i usually usually not you know i i really got big on which is interesting uh san pellegrino and carbonated waters which there seems to be a whole stigma around uh carbonated waters in the states but i i used to hate carbonated water and then reviewing tobacco and blending you know when you're reviewing so many bales the carbonation really does help clean your palate yeah Um, you know some people drink different people have different styles some people drink milk they'll say or they drink sodas but you know carbonated san pellegrino with a little bit of lime um it just i just got used to it you know yeah. blending blending cigars for some reason they ch- they in restaurants they charge they mark up san pellegrino like wine in really? those restaurants <laughs> yeah you know you can get it's like, you, know, <laughs> you know it's like a dollar 50 in the store maybe a couple bucks for a bottle but mm-hmm. you know in restaurants it's like seven six <laughs> seven you know ten ten bucks uh, we have a couple of customers here hooks it who who drink that regularly when they're when they're smoking for that for that reason they think it's a real palate cleansing thing it really is you know it, that carbonation and there's different you know types of 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 mineral and carbonated waters san mm-hmm. pellegrino originally came from aquifers you know italy is very active uh, earth movements you know you have some volcanoes but the middle of the country they have a lot of mineral water natural aquifers mm-hmm. um so originally uh san pellegrino came from actually carbonated from the earth mm-hmm. um nestle eventually bought them out so they do a little bit of forced carbonation also but there's uh-huh. different yeah there's different levels to carbonated carbonated waters a lot of them are just forced carbonated right they're just mm-hmm. 
you know, water that's just carbonated. Those are the real salty, you know, I'm starting to do blind taste testing with carbonated waters. I'm, I'm <laughs> such a dork. <laughs> yeah. So for, for those of uh, the people listening who may not, you know, have been under, they may have been under a rock for the last few years and not know who you are. How, how does a new England born boy from Connecticut end up becoming a master blender and owner of your own company and living down in Nicaragua? How does that happen? Tell it's us a journey. It's a journey, man. It's, it's been a journey. It's been, um, I've been reflecting a lot on it since, you know, COVID and, Mm-hmm. You know, taking the time to to this is actually the longest I've been in the states in 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it started for me in in '96. I was 18, going to school here in Connecticut. You know, I grew up. Um, all my grandfather's great grandfathers smoked Connecticut cigars. Mm-hmm. You know, like New Hampshire sure. had its its own cigar blends. Connecticut had factories here in New Haven, Connecticut, and Hartford. So I grew up, you know, with my grand that aroma from my grandfathers, even though they they weren't in the business. You know, I was always surrounded by broadleaf cigars. You know, they all smoked extra oscuro, you know, different brands, <laughs> Topstone, uh, FD Grave. Um, I went to school with the grandson of FD Grave, which is a famous oh, wow. cigar factory here in New Haven. Mm. So when I was eighteen, I graduated high school, and I was it was the height of the cigar boom. If you guys, you know, if yep. you remember, it was just a crazy time. And I had been head deep in it, uh, you know, by the time I was 18. And I just learned everything I could about cigars. And I used to go into this shop called the Calabash Shop, which was in Hamden, Connecticut. And there's two yep. ladies that ran it. <laughs> and there's lines out the door, man. Like every Friday, my, my brother and I would go in there and get smokes to have with my grandfather. And it was just packed, the humidors, just lines every Friday. I finally got up to the register one Friday and I said to the ladies, listen, here's my email. It was just email just came out and my phone number. I know every cigar in that humidor. I know all the blends. I would love to work for you guys. So that was like June 96. Didn't hear from them for two months. Week Mm -hmm. before I started school, they realized that. My grandfather had been buying pipe tobacco there since the 70s. Oh, my. And they gave me a shot, and they put me in charge of the humidor. They gave me two bags. They just came back from the trade show from Tennessee that year, and they said, you're in charge. You're in charge of the humidor and for bringing in new brands. Um, You know, they smoked, but they they didn't smoke a lot, and they saw my passion, and uh, that was my first – Really lagging the, in the door. So 96, you know, there was a lot of new companies. Um, you know, that time we used to call them Don Nobodies. Everybody trying to get into the business. <laughs> you know, probably about a year or two later, I met um, some characters from a company called Drew Estate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was an unknown company. And they had been making a cigar called La Vieja Habana with Nick Perdomo. Mm. So I brought that into the shop. The first brand they were making called, was called Samero. Nobody remembers it because it was god awful. Um, <laughs> so that was their first shot. I think uh-huh. at making making some sticks. I didn't bring that one in, but they kept coming back. 
you know, building relationships. So I brought in Labie Hahabana and I did an event one Saturday with the character named Jonathan Drew. And that was like 90, 98, I want to say. And then we just kept in touch uh, from 98 to about 2000, 2003, 2002. Uh, You know, I graduated school in 2000. I moved to Italy for a year, came back and worked on my master's degree, then uh, got a job working in Italy again. I said, I didn't finish my master's degree because I got this job. And I said, I can't go back to a classroom. So I bought an around the world ticket. Um, I went from Europe to India to uh, Laos, Thailand, Vietnam, China, Japan. So Jonathan was on my email list (laughs) and uh, he was having me test websites as I'm traveling around the world, the loading time, different (laughs) cigar websites. And uh, I got to Japan and he, you know, he said, what are you doing when you get back? I said, you know, don't have any, any current plans. I was thinking about traveling through Central America because my dream was to learn how to roll and bunch cigars. Okay. And John said, I want you to come down to Nicaragua and be my right-hand man. So uh, March 2003, I moved down to Nicaragua. And it's uh, been my second home ever since. So, Mm. you know, I was 24 Mm -hmm. when I moved to Nicaragua in 03. And I I was in heaven, you know, as far as just being able to take it to the... You know, my love for cigars. I studied international business in school. Right. So it was like, all right, here, now it's time to prove myself. You right. know, now it's time to really put into real life experience my love for what I just studied in school and this love for cigars. And I just naturally, you know, Drew Estate in 2003, we were a fraction of its size, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like D right now. It was just beginning, you know, just starting to really grow every year. So I just naturally evolved into uh, blending, tobacco mm-hmm. purchasing, um, everything that had to do with with the factory. So I, I was fortunate to learn over almost 12 years, you know, just uh, from amazing people, amazing legends in the industry, and just, you know, I'm always learning. Well, you learn from... What's that? Who are some of these legends that you learned? You know, you know uh, Placencias, um, you know, the Oliva Tampa family. Um, yeah. You know, there, there's a gentleman that works for them in, in Nicaragua called Gustavo Cuda. He's one of these unknown, you know, really masters behind, behind the scenes. Um, you have uh, the Perez family from a company called ASP. Really, I was, you know, different factories, mm. um, you know, different, different people, um, you know, along the way. Uh, when I got there in 2003, I remember Pepin when he just came, oh, came wow. over 03 and he used to be in a little room, you know, blending cigar. And I would just, you know, soak in and, and to this day, you know, I'm, I'm constantly learning because it's it's something with tobacco you know you you have to observe and you can't have any you know really preconceived notions you you always have to be open to listening to the leaf and that's like the real you know tobacco guys you know they know the leaf almost on an intimate level um 
and uh, you know, I'm just always trying to 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 learn and grow. So um, mm. that's how I've gotten to this point. You know, awesome. so well, that's quite a journey, man. Yeah. So after after 12 years, you know, I I made the really difficult decision to leave um, DE in 2014. Mm-hmm. And it was probably one of the most difficult decisions of my life because, you know, being in Nicaragua all the time, the, the team there became a family, you know, you know, it's being a foreigner living abroad, you know, it's a little bit different than I, I think working in your hometown. So it was a tough one, but I knew if I didn't start my own company, I probably wouldn't be able to with all this regulation BS going on and, can we swear on the show or is it not? Oh, I'll swear. Right, no swearing. I'll keep it clean. Hey, no. If, if Kurt says no, I'm going to try to abide by that. Um, so I decided to spread my wings and I started foundation in, uh, let's see. I launched at the IPCPR in July of 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's Come been nonstop. Time. It's in, in five and a half, six years. Yep. Let me tell you, it's, you know, COVID's been crazy, but for me, I have to say uh, I needed to stop because, can you guys hear me? I hope my yeah. connection's yep. not bad. Um, it, it's been five years nonstop, you know, yeah. just a lot. It's been a lot. Learning a lot. You know, I was never on the sales and distribution side of things. So mm-hmm. managing Nicaragua and then also sales and distribution, um, you know, it's it's nights, it's been weekends, it's sure. crazy, crazy travel schedules. So, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people we've had on were actually looking back on it, you know, kind of liking the fact that they didn't have to travel so much. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, you know, to be honest, uh, I was at a point last year, you know, I finally got to Nicaragua in February, and I was really at at a point where I felt like I was either going to get sick from the schedule I was trying to trying to keep, Mm -hmm. um, or or have a mental breakdown, because it was just, it was just, (laughs) it was just really aggressive. The travel really, you know, it's, it, it it takes a toll on you you know it's not when i was 24 it was a little bit easier but yeah um, you know it's it's tough traveling uh, so and you know it's just keeping healthy so mm-hmm. yeah and if you're not the it doesn't matter where you're at you're not going to be able to do anything true you know exactly so yeah. tell us tell us a little bit about high clear castle and you know how did you hook up with this British thing to come out with. I mean, you're all Nicaragua. You're all the wise man, the Eloense. And then all of a sudden, High Clare Castle comes out. I mean, it's like, you know, completely it's, different. Things. Yeah, it, it's a, it's an interesting story, man. It's, um, it, <laughs> you have to do it's it. Kind of, it's kind <laughs> of bizarre how these things work out. So I actually met through a shop here in Connecticut called Mickey Blake's, uh, the, one of the owners introduced me to a good friend of his about five, yeah, about five, six years ago. His name was Adam Von Gutkin. 
Cool. <laughs> like, all right, that's an interesting name. Um, Adam and I you met, and Lou from the shop was just like, you guys got to know each other. There's something, I don't know what it is, but you guys have to have to know each other. And he was right. We met, and we just started bouncing ideas. He's an entrepreneur and distilled moonshine here in Connecticut uh, called okay. Onyx Moonshine. So his family goes back to, you know, the 20s um, before distilling moonshine in Connecticut. So he set up a, a small batch distillery in Connecticut and he ended up going to Highclere with, with his wife and he ends up befriending Lord and Lady Carnarvon that live <laughs> at the castle. And uh, over it just happened really naturally. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, they started talking about alcohol because he was distilling and they started to develop a project called Highclere Castle Gin. Yes. Which, you know, the, the Highclere estate is 5,000 acres. It's an active farm. So they started developing the gin, which is uh, been in, in, in their launch. They, they've been launching this past um, year and a half. But in the discussion, cigars came up because cigars at the castle, there's a cigar room. You know, this is the location of where Downton Abbey, the right. show Downton Abbey, it's really the real Downton Abbey takes place. Yep. And even in the first episode of Downton Abbey, at the end, after they, they have dinner, they retire to have cigars. So my buddy Adams, you know, they're talking about gin, cigars come up and Adam says, you have to meet Nick. You know, Nixon, Nicaragua, you know, you guys should meet. We should do something. You know, Adam is, is a newer cigar smoker within the past five, six years. So he's learning about all the history. He knows how much I love history and how all of our brands are really, you know, deep into into history and culture. Mm -hmm. So Adam calls me up and he said, oh, you know, he, you got to come to England. And I said, Adam. It's before our trade show. This was in, I think, May. Yeah. And I said, there's no way I'm making it to England. So long story short, Adam and uh, Lord Carnarvon end up flying to Nicaragua. Wow. <laughs> so Lord Carnarvon comes to Nicaragua. This is the godson to the Queen of, of England, mind you. Right. Wow. Anybody that knows me, I'm not, you know, I'm not one for fancy things. Money is not something that really impresses me. You know, okay. it's not something, do I, do I like money? Of course, is it a, a tool? But someone that's, you know, really wealthy, that, that, that alone doesn't really impress me. So I had a little bit of preconceived, you know, notions before meeting Lord Carnarvon. I thought there would be, you know, maybe a little bit of an air of, uh, you know, hoity-toityness going on. And <laughs> he ends up coming to Nicaragua and we just, we just hit it off. You know, mm -hmm. just an amazing down to earth gentleman, um, you know, really funny, you know, very dry sense of humor, but hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and we just automatically just hit it off. I got to show show Lord Carnarvon and Adam, you know, seed to cigar. And it was just an amazing trip. And that was really the root of how High Claire started. So I ended up working on some blends uh, for Lord Carnarvon, and we ended up launching, I think I want to say now, 2018, 
uh, High Clare Castle Edwardian. Sounds about right. And yeah, so that was the beginning of you know for me it was it was just perfect as far as fitting within the foundation portfolio because mm. it's there's so much history uh, mm. within High Clare. Uh, cigar culture within High Clare is is amazing. You know, Lord Carnarvon's great grandfather was a, a big time cigar smoker. He discovered King Tut's tomb with Howard Carter. Wow! Um, I I got to access the archives at the castle to see some of the receipts of uh, things he was smoking. Um, you know, from the Partagas factory, from different cigar shops. So I used that really as the inspiration for the blends and the line and um you know it's it's really our rolls royce within our line so you know if you look at the 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 portfolio and the blends i really wanted to develop you know blends and brands for you know if if you were in the cigar shop and all you had was foundation you know you guys have so many different people walking through that door right people are looking for different blends strength wise price points mm-hmm. so i tried to cover that from you know charter oak to high clear and everything right. kind of in between for all the different you know cigar smokers and palates mm-hmm. and you know of course i like to smoke a lot of you know different things so right. um you know it's stuff i love but they're definitely different you know every line has got its its own uniqueness Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's very true. It's you've got a very you've got a very diverse line. Oh yeah. And um people who are looking for you know the the everyday smoke or you know the the value cigar, you know, the charter oak is that thing flies off the shelf, dude. Yeah, we can't keep it in stock. We, we can't keep it in stock. <laughs> and yeah. and the um you know the the tabernacles, both yeah. the original and the Havana seed. Yeah. I, personally, the the Havana seed, um, Corona and Robusto, both of those. I, I I think that's one of the best cigars. You. I don't know if you've been told yet, but those are going to be really hard to find right now. The wrapper, that wrapper is Cuban seed grown in Connecticut. Correct. Yeah. It's. One of the most difficult wrappers to ferment is in fermentation almost three years now. It's not ready. Wow. So there's a, if you see any of them, get them because it's going to be, it's going to be three plus months before there's going to be any more back, possibly wow. longer. Yeah. And some later. Yeah. Yeah. That cigar is just, oh, yeah. that's been my favorite. I love the David and Goliath extensions oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. for Tabernacle too. What made nice. you come out with those perfectos and what? How- yeah, perfectos. Perfectos back in the day was a very common size. You know, if you look at the early 1900s, perfectos was they were everywhere. Smoked, yeah. I mean, all the Connecticut brands smoked perfectos. It's always been one of those specialty sizes that I've I've liked. I mean, I've been a fan of like. You know, of course, like the Hemingway series, and of course, I worked on you know some of the the Unico series stuff, and I just thought it would be a really nice line extension. Um, 
And also just that David and Goliath, you know, because of all this FDA stuff, it's something that I had, you know, in mind many years ago. Um, so it's Goliath. With yeah. Yeah. And it just, it kind of fits with the whole tabernacle, you know, theme sure. and, and, um, yeah, those, those blends have just been, uh, really, really delicious. Yeah. They have been. I got a, <laughs> I got a problem. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we had Justo Aroa on the show, and he shared that one of the big challenges that he's having to deal with right now is the availability of wood, trying to find wood for boxes and wood being more and more expensive is that yeah. an issue that you're having to deal with as well or is that not as big of a thing for you so it's so funny because we, we my my friend a friend of mine it makes all my boxes in in nicaragua so he's had this box factory for some time mm -hmm. and he's just he's just a great guy but we have been noticing you know issues with this so we actually had on order uh container uh of of wood so we ended up getting everything we needed um and actually just got to nicaragua uh, a couple weeks ago so we're in good shape knock on wood yeah so you know right now it is it's interesting because we're in we're definitely in a mini boom you know i don't think it was tough to see when covid hit but, you know, people are home more. I think people are, are learning more about cigars in general. Yeah. Um, you guys could probably even tell me more. But, um, you know, we're, I think we're very fortunate that uh, we're in an industry that, you know, I know, I know we had a lot of issues and being shut down, but not completely shut down. Because um, it was, yeah, it's been a crazy year, man. Holy cow. Yeah, you're not uh, kidding. I know you guys know that, but everybody knows that. Well, I think <laughs> I think everybody thought when the whole thing was starting that we were all going to shut down and, you know, wonder yeah. what was going to happen. And we're fortunate here at Twins. We had, you know, we were able to have a nice, you know, we were big enough that we could do curbside service. And, and uh, you know, so it, it became kind of the... Um, uh, you know, we were the Sonic of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Sonic of, you know, yeah. we deliver the cigars outside yeah. and everything. And then, then, you know, about seven weeks into it, we, we were able to open on yep. a list so that people could come into the store, couldn't Thank stay God. in smoke. You couldn't have the bar, but people could at least come in. And it, it was so funny how, you know, when people were doing the curbside thing, they couldn't remember what they liked to smoke. <laughs> you know? Right. It's so right. much a visual thing. They they'd go to where they know it was and pick it up. But you ask them to, to to tell you what it was they were smoking, and so many people had a had a hard time with that. And that's fascinating. You know that that it, fascinates me, and in in the sense of branding, right, and building brands, and uh, yeah. Um, sorry to cut you off. I was just no, I, no. I find that information fascinating because. It was refreshing to me to see Foundation being a newer company, mm -hmm. you know, see 
people still, you know, searching out foundation brands through all this. You know, yeah. we're 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 a small company compared to, you know, uh, many yeah. others. So. New company, and, yeah. yeah. But then, you know, and we're fortunate too, being in New Hampshire where there's no cigar tax. Mm-hmm. You know, we That's ended a great up, thing. We ended up having a record year. Yeah. And this yeah. year is is looking like it's going to be another record year. You know, I know that isn't true across the board. I know a lot of places, especially yeah. when taxes are are higher, have been really yeah. struggling. But, you know, we yeah, we've we've seen people, you know, working at home more. And so they want to smoke more. And, you know, and for a good long time, there wasn't anything else to do. But correct. Start a fire in your backyard and have a cigar. You mm-hmm. couldn't do anything else. Just, it's you know, a, bring it's the a great thing outside. for stress, man. Yeah. Stress oh relief. Gosh. Yeah. Dude, I have I have three girls at home. I live <laughs> in the estrogen <laughs> palace. Stress is my life. I so yeah, tobacco. That's been how I've been dealing with. Hey, it. man, my wife's Puerto Rican and Cuban. Yeah, you, <laughs> you have a <laughs> talk about peligrosa. Peligrosa. Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> Just a little bit. You know, you gotta like, you know, you're kind of constantly walking on, you know, thin ice and yeah, you know, almost a military uh, mm. mindset when you're home. And yes, yes, miss. Yeah, no miss. Okay, she keeps you in line, man. She oh yeah, somebody's got to keep you in line. Oh yeah, if she wasn't there, uh, you know, I had a conversation with my wife the other day, and you know, and I told her I'm like, you know, if you weren't here constantly on my culo and nothing <laughs> nothing would get done around the house the chickens wouldn't have food probably true dog yeah. get food or water oh, i you would have chickens i have chickens and turkeys and i have a oh, cool, 120 man. pound rottweiler named zeus oh that's a great that's a great name that's a oh, great yeah. name for a dog he's my yeah. he's, boy he's my son i love him <laughs> that's awesome that was my nickname at the factory rottweiler <laughs> I, mean, I seem I seem all chill, but there you go. There you go. <laughs> so now I know you were out. You told me earlier today you were out in the the fields in Connecticut. You know, over yeah. stuff. How are how are things looking? I mean, is have you had a hard time with workers in Connecticut with all this COVID stuff going on? Are things going okay? Yeah. Things are going all right. You know, it's it's been a little bit of a late season because the temperatures haven't haven't turned quite yeah, yet. It was nice kind of today. Late. Yeah. So things in the seed beds, um, oh, a lot is is in the seed beds. So we're just prepping seed beds, prepping the fields. So it's a little bit late, but you know, the 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 month that's always tough is August because. Mm. Depending on the heat throughout the summertime, you know, the heat builds up. And then August, as you know, you get a lot of these micro kind of storms. You get hail. Yeah. uh, You get these severe thunderstorms. So sometimes tornadoes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, small small micro tornadoes. So that's that's going to be always going to be the challenge. But, you know, even though it's a little bit of a late start, we should be we should be all right. So, yeah. Cool. Now. Um, you said the, the last River time, Valley. The, What's that? the last time you were in Nicaragua was February. This past February. No, um, the, um, last. So it was um, April last year. April so, of last year, you were. Yeah. In, yeah. So, so I, I have to ask. You know, I know yeah. all all your stuff is made down there. There's multiple factories down there that are doing different things for you. Yeah. 
how a even even being in Nicaragua, I would imagine that that is a, a challenging thing. How is how have you been doing that from from Connecticut? So um, a lot of so I've been fortunate, you know, because I've been down there so long to be really tapped into quality control teams, um, mm -hmm. you know, the production floor. So I'm tapped into the production floors. Um, so WhatsApp. I don't know if you guys use WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so someone's walking around with like a little yeah. screen view, yeah. and you're no, yes, no. Yeah, and, and then a lot of air, <laughs> you know, a lot of air shipments. So uh, uh, I can't swear. A lot, uh, a ton of air <laughs> shipments um, of, uh, you know, a lot of things. Fortunately, I had a lot of what I was releasing for last year was already set. So the blends were done. You know, the the packaging was done. So I have a team down there that's mm -hmm. actively, uh, I have an art team, but then also a team that's overseeing, you know, production. And we've worked together so long, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't think I would be able to do, be out this long. It's something, like I said, for 18 years, this is the the longest I've been out. And it, it was wor working and it's still still working right now mm -hmm. um so i i've just wrote it but i'm going to be heading down next month and i'll nice. pretty much be in nicaragua for you know winter fall winter um you know moving forward i'm probably going to be spending uh you know most of my time moving forward there i'm not going to be doing as much of the road show you know in the in the in the states and uh, i just hired a an outside sales director so He's going to be managing our outside sales team. He's going to be on the road and and start picking up a lot of that, you know, a lot of that work um, that I was kind of doing, you know, here and there. I was back and forth between Connecticut and Nicaragua, like, you know, I was commuting to New York. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I've been fortunate, you know, and I, I work with really great um, manufacturers and, um, it's just constantly being on top, right? You know, it's yeah. it's every day. If you saw my task lists and my, uh, it's just constant. You know, you think you think it would be a little bit more easy going, um, but every every day is just you know nonstop, and it's uh, so yeah. So a lot of air shipments, a lot of video chats. You know, a lot of just working with the team and make sure you have the your 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 finger on the pulse. You know, that's the that's the name of the game. Mm. So, uh, move, moving forward, it's not you know with new stuff and just you know things like certain things take, of course, twice as long to do sure. than compared to being down there. Um, so, I also have some other things going on up here, which you guys will will know about probably late, later in the summer. Um, different things going on, so it'll kind of make a little bit more sense. So, my my attention was needed more here. So, mm. um, yeah. All right. Before before we get to the half of the show, you know, we one of the segments we do on the show is called Pastor Padrone's Cigar Confessions, and oh, in that wow. segment, I usually share, uh, you know, one of my own kind of cigar pet peeves or something I, you know, really wish you know, people would do or people would would stop doing that would enhance their experience of their cigar. I can't wait to hear this. 
And well, here's the thing. I want to ask you, what yeah. is one of your cigar pet peeves? I'll tell you. And I I, I hope you, you guys don't do it. But <laughs> this, this, this blue flame, I, I, it, I cringe when it hits the tobacco. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, blue, this blue flame, you know, normal soft flames are about, I would, I'm going to say in the, and you can Google check me on this, uh, the 800 degree Fahrenheit range. Right this around is, there. This is in the 2800 range, <laughs> I'm going to say. 3000. I mean, this is, you know, it's like a Bunsen burner. Yeah. So ideally, you know, this, this can be felt from way, you can hold this way up yeah, here. See but I too. never suggest lighting it and putting that blue flame on there, especially with you when you're dealing with blends that maybe have heavier tobacco or maybe they're a little bit uh, drier. Mm -hmm. You're going to end up heating that tobacco up to a point where it is going to affect the blend. You know, yeah. is it going to affect it in a way that, you know, you're not going to be able to smoke it? No, not as much, but it is going to affect the blend and how it was intended to be. Yeah. Um, and over, especially if you're, if you're puffing on it a lot, like it, it's going to end up heating it up and, and kind of doing it. So, you know, to each his own, you know, right. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. That's like, if you're enjoying, you're enjoying. And that's what I like to see is people mm -hmm. enjoy, sure. but definitely um, I think it's something that, you know, I just, as a cigar, nerd <laughs> no i'm totally yeah. I'm, I'm a soft flame guy myself you know nice. i like to take the time to light the cigar um and, and you know i think that's the whole thing with the torch i mean if because you're right it's 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 torches are just too hot for the tobacco but it's a time saver, and that's what people people want to get the thing lit as soon as they possibly can yeah, and you can still do it it's just right. you don't have to put it on the because if you just hold it above it, I mean, if you feel it with your hand, I mean that heat you can light it quick and easy. Yeah, it's just it's it it still can do the job. It's just don't put it right in there. Right, don't no. put it right in there. You're it's, alter uh, altering the 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 flavor of that cigar, and you're over toasting it. And I constantly see people doing that at the shop, and it's like relax, put it down, yeah. put. Put the flame lower. If you're going to use a three burner, single burner, four, five burner, Bunsen burner, whatever, <laughs> whatever you're going to, you know, let your cigar with, you know, hold it away from the, the, the flame because yeah. you're altering that flavor. And for me, I use a soft flame and I'm like maybe an inch and a half away with the soft yeah. flame. Yeah. And it just, I mean, it, it gets to the, to the point where it's maybe five seconds Yeah. and you're on and you're going, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. All it's, right. Especially, especially if you have blends that have like heavier visos, ligeros, heavier mm. tobacco. If yep. those get too, too hot, they're gonna get, they're gonna end up being too harsh. They yeah. Will. You're gonna, yeah. you're gonna, it's gonna be too much. That's the same thing when we like go out to Vegas and you're dealing, or you're dealing out west in Arizona. You got 15 percent moisture content in the air. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's man. That's super dry. The blends. They end up tasting completely different, yeah. you know, because of the the moisture. Moisture content is so important from seed all the way to, you know, of course, the humidor. So sure, absolutely. Um, yep. Yeah. So 
Yeah. All right. So before we get to the half, yeah. what's what's the final verdict here on the uh, High Clare Castle Victorian? Dave, do you want to? You, you hate it. It's a failed project. Just send them all to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take care of it. Uh, no, I mean, I get a lot of um, like some wood, some, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like some, some cedar notes. Yeah. Uh, um, well, wooden cedar, really. Wooden cedar is, wooden is cedar your big thing. Cedar. Wooden cedar. Did you enjoy it? How I do you think it went it. with the pairing? I thought it would. I know you liked yeah, well, the... the pairing is gone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's been paired. Now, did you just drink it because it was 18 years old, or did you like how it went with the? <laughs> oh, yes, because I wasn't talking. So. <laughs> the one thing about being the producer, you get to sit and enjoy and drink and That's listen. Right. And yeah, what about you, Nick? Oh, it was great. Um, very, <laughs> very luxurious cigar for me. Um, I loved it with the pairing because it it brought out a nice sweet note in the cigar mm-hmm. and the the woody background note with a little bit of spice and i think the i think the the open 18 kind of uh brought down the spice a little mm-hmm. bit more kind of smoothed everything out where everything was um really nice and complex and it wasn't too you know um one wasn't more than another it was yeah. it played very nice with each other and it was a great cigar great yeah. smoke i think the pairing was great you did a good job picking that the 18 yeah that there's a slight yeah. there's a slight smokiness to the oban yeah and that just really goes well with the cigar and those earthy cocoa you know wood notes that we've yep. all been talking about mm-hmm. and there's this great spice in the retro that i've been enjoying yeah and it, what a great pairing. I'd love to taste this after it's been aged like five years or so. I think it would be even insane. better. Oh, yeah. yeah. That Retro one. is where it's at. You, oh, guys yeah. have to, you have to promise me the next time we do this, mm-hmm. we'll do the High Claire Edwardian, which is the Connecticut shade. Yeah. And I'm going to send you guys some High Claire gin. Ooh. I was, never, I was never a big gin guy, but you have to try the High Claire gin. Regardless, make make sure you email me your address. I'll get you guys some. Sure. Yeah. The uh, they sell it at the in the um, uh, liquor stores here in New Hampshire. Oh, they so do. Shelf. Awesome. Oh boy. We gotta get we gotta get twins to to get a little bit. It's yeah, really right. it, it's really unique. Um, they use oats in okay. the blend, which is to me it really sets the you, you know it's very unique the gin. Um, I had my first martini, High Claire gin martini, and I never had martinis with gin before, which a lot of people say that's the original, like, martini was with right. gin. But yep. I, but it was it was too good because it has this sort of, like, creamy finish that mm-hmm. kind of balances out, like, the, the juniper notes, which, sure. which I think is really fascinating. So I I drink it, you know, even neat, it's, it's actually quite quite nice well especially you know maybe you know i i know we were talking before the show about you maybe being in town and in september for kurt's show maybe we can maybe we can do that maybe we can do it live that would be great um that would be cool not that this isn't awesome nick Mm. but this uh, is great that oban yeah we might have to do both next time we'll have we'll have nick send you a little nip out of the bottle or something absolutely <laughs> one of the one of those uh traveling vials yeah <laughs> absolutely a little four I, I i usually drink 
you know, bourbon, but Oban is my scotch of choice. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm traveling to Nicaragua, it's always the one that I get in uh, Nicaraguan duty before I, I just get my bag and there's a couple, you know, <laughs> duty frees there that the yeah. Oban is, is a staple, you know, because it's tough to get anything else in, you know, the rum is incredible. Oh, yeah. Besides, you know, besides Johnny Walker and, mm -hmm. You know, you, there's not much selection, um, so I always try to stock up. Well, what do you think? Free. You want to you want to hang around for a little bit, or I'll hang around with a few. I want to see what you guys uh, what's right. going on with the pipe game. All right, so we're gonna take a little bit of a break here, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go anywhere, people. Go. All right, we're back with Nick Malillo, and uh, Nick. It turns out is a pipe guy yeah how awesome is that that is the greatest now had i known this i would have taken more time and and set him up with some of this stuff but uh and i'll make sure he gets some uh knowing that you enjoy this stuff. do you enjoy uh english blends let it get, well oh my, yeah my mixture and stuff like yeah. that like oh, that yeah all yeah, right man i'm a big latakia guy all right i'll send I'm a big Tariq guy Ooh, i might have yeah. to send bunch of stuff um knowing that you're a pipe guy those navy rolls are something else mm, um, yeah i mean there's something when that tin just opens up mm. it's just so you're smoking wh which blend again this is a blend by glps called GLPs. westminster yeah it's, it's part of his heirloom tobacco let me tell you what it says on the tin here uh the very essence of the traditional English mixture, rich, elegant, refined, and exquisitely balanced. The New World Red Virginias are enhanced with a gentle caress of bright leaf, then lavishly seasoned with rich oriental tobaccos and generous measures of noble Cyp Cypress Mountain Latakia. Mm. Westminster Ooh. is a satisfying blend, presenting layers of flavor to delight the senses and develop in the bowl a perfect everyday smoke wow i gotta get that person to write my write-ups he, <laughs> he has the best descriptions on his tins. he does they're man. great he does now uh as with all glp's mixtures this is manufactured right now by cornell and deal and it is listed on um uh tobacco uh reviews.com as a balkan blend um, nice. Latakia, Orientals, uh, Virginia. There's no flavoring in this. It's a ribbon cut. And um, nice. we're continuing to smoke the Oban with this. And nice. the smokiness in the Oban, I know, is just going to go perfectly with a little bit of smokiness of the, the Latakia in this blend. Oh, are, yeah. you, are you digging it, Nick? I'm digging it. You're digging it? You get it on the retro. Mm -hmm. And it's it's scrumptious scrumptious <laughs> it is scrumptious <laughs> that latakia my goodness mm. it's really good it's really good i love this is what an english blend right it, be, it is an english blend yes. i love <laughs> i love english blends one of my favorite blends just kind of like your regular everyday tin which that's what i would call it is uh quiet nights from another uh, glp glp blend. and oh my god the deep rich flavor out of that tin Mm. I can smoke it all day and get, oh, yes, all day. I recommend it to everybody that comes in because that, for me, I, I love 
a medium to full body smoke, even in mm-hmm. cigars. Um, and anybody that's, you know, looking for a pipe tobacco that, that fits that palate, I always recommend yeah. this. We also have um, Esoterica Tabacchiana, yeah. which is unbelievable there too. So um, it, it's just a great smoke. Love mm. it. Mm-hmm. What do you guys, uh, what, what kind of pipes are you smoking? Well, I am smoking a, <laughs> uh, uh, an Eric Stokeby fourth generation, nice. six, um, burnt sienna finish on it. I love his that's pipes. Pretty pipe. They're Very so pretty. unique. Yeah, that's pretty. He I always appreciate. has these brass bands uh, right at the base there that uh, say fourth generation on them. You always know when you're smoking a fourth gen pipe. Mm. And Dave is smoking his what? My Eric Nording. Um, this is a uh, freehand. Freehand Nording. Mm-hmm. Uh, Looks like it. Freehand. Uh, it was melted at one yeah. point. Yep. <laughs> David likes nice. very unique pipe shapes. And Nording has a very unique pipe shape. And what, what about you, Nick? I have my Peterson rusticated sitter. Mm-hmm. And I love this thing. Um, I smoke everything out of it, which is probably not the best thing. Um, but but it's a great work pipe. Oh, God. You just put it right down. Yeah. Help customers. Pick yeah. it right up. Continue yeah. on your day, my friend. You I think I have. Um, I don't know if I have that same exact one, but I have a Peterson. What do you call it? The rest. It 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 rests. Rusticated. Yeah, rusticated. So it's uh. So the outside is not. Oh God! Look at that. Oh, the that nice is calabash there. Look at that. Nice calabash. That's straight out of uh, Inglorious Bastards. Right there. That's very English. Exactly. How perfect. Let's see if I can flip out. my camera. Ooh, so yeah. this, this is a nice little pipe. I don't know if you can see it all right, but it's a little pipe rack. This was my grandfather's, <laughs> and oh. this was his smoking chair. So uh-huh. I have grandfather's this holds pipe. Yeah, yeah, that was his smoking chair. And then here we have, you know, let's see, the ultimate heritage. There you go. Let's see. You gotta take your oh, background. Oh, look at that blur off. All right. <laughs> and then I got my little, I got my little pipe rack here. Nice. Yep. Zoom nice. And then, yeah. So I got this is my favorite here. Let's see. I know the quality of this video is not great. Hold on. Here's one. Look at this baby. Oh yeah, that's oh, very wow. nice. That's oh, wow. a Peterson. Mm-hmm. I think it's a. It's got a crown on the. Uh, yeah. On the, on the top there. That's very yeah. nice. That one sits. What did you say? A, a standing one? Yeah, yeah sitter. It yeah. sits right there. There you and go. And then I have a bunch of, uh, I don't know how to flip this back. Oh, here we go. A bunch of uh, Becker and Musicos. Mm. I can't find my pipe. I've been smoking. Uh, where'd it go? Here it is. This is my favorite right now. <laughs> this is, oh, a, this is a Pablo Becker. Oh, wow. How old is that one, Nick? This one, I don't know. I found this one in a store in New York. The other ones um, I got in Rome because that's where they, they only sell them when I used to live there. This one I tracked down because this maker, Pablo Becker, um, he passed away, I want to say, now 10 years ago. He was actually uh, a friend of mine, 
and his his partner was Massimo Musico. Mm -hmm. And Becker's been around for a long time. Right. And then they made a brand called Becker and Musico, mm -hmm. which again was only really sold in Rome in Italy. They were really old school. Um, you know, uh, Massimo would say he didn't even have a website. He would say, he'd say, where's your, you know, what, what's your website address? He would say, no, a website. This is my website. And he'd point <laughs> to the store. He'd be in the store. That was his website. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I used to hang out with those guys. That was like my spot when I was living in Rome. I used to hang out in the, the pipe shop. Because I used to start work at like four in the afternoon. So I, I used to hang out. It was right next to the Trevi Fountain. So it was like, mm -hmm. you know, loaded with tourists. But hanging out in that shop, all the local Roman politicians, businessmen, you know, they all, they had a, a nice little sitting area and they had a house blend of tobacco. So you could just go in and, and fill up your bowl. And I just used to go in there and hang out. And then we used to go to the factory. Uh, you know, his, his little little factory up the street was right across the street from the prime minister of Italy's house. And Jeez. we used to go in there on Sundays and listen to listen to soccer games and <laughs> and uh, and they used to make pipes. So um, yeah, so this is a this is a special one. The briar on it is just so it's just such a high quality briar. So the heat. It just, there's no, you know, it just smokes so nicely because it doesn't get hot at yeah. all. Nice. It's so thick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's an awesome looking pipe, man. Uh, I'm so glad you guys are smoking pipes, man. I, yeah. I don't get to talk pipes with a lot of people. <laughs> well, this is one more reason to make sure we get you on the show again. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes, you know, it's, it's, uh, hard sometimes when you, you have these big cigar guys on and you know do you smoke a pipe no 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 <laughs> now you got into smoking pipes because of your grandfather and all you inherited his pipes and everything yeah. now what what do you enjoy about pipe smoking let me tell you i mean it's it's just so different you know the tobaccos i think are so unique compared to you know the the we, I call them black tobaccos, which is what the cigar tobaccos are. You know, the the Pariks, the Latakias, you know, Virginias. It just provides such a, a different smoking experience, but I've mm -hmm. always enjoyed it. I mean, I, I do s smoke aromatics from time to time, yeah. um, especially around certain certain holidays, um, just because it, it when I'm around my family, it really brings that feeling of my grandfather. Yeah, so it's like it, you know he used to smoke. He smoked English blends also, but he he did smoke one um, Q a lot. Yeah, you know, oh, to, yeah, and, everybody. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, the, it was called Thornton Street in our shop. So yeah, nice. the Calabash where I where I worked, we actually had the largest pipe uh, selection and bar mm. uh, in the state of Connecticut. So oh. Oh. I used to do all the pipe blending. Right. I used to have the big mixing bowl. That's and good. yeah. So a lot of guys had, you know, the, the ladies at the shop had card catalogs. Mm -hmm. Had since, you know, the, the 70s. So that was my first introduction really to blending. 
You know, wow. it was just being able to work with the tobaccos and, you know, mix them. And then I started really experimenting, you know, myself with different blends. And um, it's just great. You know, once you learn how to, I was fortunate to learn from these guys, uh, Becker and Musico, Massimo Musico and his family. If you ever get a chance, Giorgio Musico. Okay. Um, he's like he's like a yogi of pipes. That was Massimo's wow. father. He started working with Fritz Becker after World War II. So Fritz Becker was a master pipe maker and mm-hmm. moved to Rome after World War II. And Giorgio worked for uh, the name. Uh, this is terrible. Alludes me. It was a very famous pipe shop in Rome. Um, and he used to the work, you know, this the sales side of things. So they ended up collaborating and starting Becker and Musico. Mm. Um, Giorgio is just like, oh man, I mean, just a yogi of pipes, like beard. He actually like you would never think he studied like actual yoga and stuff. Pipe, you you know beard looks like the classic like italian style you know gentleman but yeah. he was a yo you know he studied yo yoga um <laughs> nice. and i used to call him the yogi you know the the pipe yogi and he pipe he yogi. taught me a lot but mm. you know they really taught me too they would have a, a long bowl contest mm-hmm. where you would you got three matches yeah and who would keep the bowl lit the longest yeah. Did you ever hear of these contests before? Yes. Yes. That would be a that would be a cool contest. But um, he really t- showed me how to pack the bowl properly and Let's everything. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. I think that you know once you you know I was doing it all right before, but then learning from them once you get that down, it just makes for because I think a lot of people have trouble with that. You know, it's like they don't get the proper education and you know really how to light the bowl and and it also comes you know, just educate too. Yeah. what's that the, it also comes with patience you got to have some patience uh, to yeah. to learn in you know the right way of packing it because we get a lot of people um that come in and you know they've they've said oh well i've had a pipe before and it, the bowl is you know i can't keep it lit and and everything like that and it's like well come in we'll take the time to show you the right way to pack it or if you if you have because we have danny holds court every um uh every uh first saturday of the month second saturday of the month second saturday and um danny has his his court and uh, pipe club the pipe club so nice danny can sit down with you if you're having any issues with your pipe keeping it lit the pack, which is always the case, mm-hmm. and Danny can sort it out for you. Or you come in on a slow that day, cool. or a Monday or Tuesday, and myself or Paul or Dave can sit down with you personally and go over issues with the pipe and get you going and get you into different tobaccos. Yeah. That's cool. I, you know, one yeah. of the things I, I enjoy about pipe smoking is that you know, when you enjoy a cigar, you're really taking somebody else's completed Let's call it work of art because that's what it is. And mm-hmm. clip it, you light it, you smoke it, you enjoy it. And with a, but with a pipe, you, you get to then take somebody's finished work and then put your own touches on it. You get to prepare yeah. the tobacco how you want it. You pack exactly. it how you want it. You 
create the the uh, kind of draw you want? Do you want it lighter? Do you want it heavier? You know, how much, mm-hmm. what kind of bowl? You get to decide the geometry in which you're going to to smoke this. And so you get to play it. So by the time you're enjoying it, you're just as much a part of the process as the people who put it together. And I like that. I, I like being able to kind of get your hands dirty and become part of the thing that you're enjoying. Yeah, that's really well said. Yeah, I think that's definitely the allure for me also mm. uh, from the beginning. Um, you know, uh, it's interesting. I, I've talked about this before uh, a little bit, but I got to show you. I wish I could show you guys these pictures. This is this my grandfather. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Um, Are you born with the beard? (laughs) It's so funny, man. My mom, my mom's finally gotten used to it. But um, I started growing it in actually 2000 when I moved to Italy. And Mm -hmm. I think I only cut it once. Since then, yeah. So when I first moved to Italy, I was was at the Trevi Fountain and happened to walk into this pipe shop, right? This elegant pipe. There was no signage on the door. Mm-hmm. I was wearing a shirt at the time similar to my tabernacle box. It had um, ah. <laughs> Haile Selassie on it, right? It was a reggae shirt. So I walk into this shop and this Italian guy comes out and he says, Rasta man, what are you doing? How you doing? Welcome. And this is like a really elegant shop. Okay. You know, they had canes, they had, mm. you know, really elaborate, really elegante. I mm. mean, oh. unbelievable. So he said, you know, what are you doing? I said, I just came, you know, I mo- moved to, to Italy and I'm, I'm going to be working with the Vatican a little bit and traveling around. And uh, I used to work at a cigar shop and, and pipe shop. And he said, oh, yeah, well, what, what pipes did you sell? I said, well, Peterson, Savinelli, you know, um, Morning, uh, Becker and Musico. And he goes, wait, 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 Becker and Musico? He goes, I am Massimo Musico. Nice. And I was like, I was like, what? He's like, I am Massimo Musico. <laughs> and that- and he was massive. I didn't even notice the name on the on the door. So from that point on, Massimo and I became really good friends because mm-hmm. he was really into reggae and ska and, and that genre of music. <laughs> and we, we started this relationship in 2000. And I was trying to find the picture of him and I in the pipe factory. So over time, you know, I ended up going to Nicaragua. It was kind of difficult to keep in touch because he's an old soul, even though yeah. he was probably, he's probably, um, you know, I'm 43. He's probably close to to 50 now. So mm-hmm. we were kind of in the same age range. He used to take me to concerts and, wow. you know, it was awesome. So when I was starting the company, you know, 2014, I started planning and I had all these names and foundation is a, is a word that comes up a lot within the reggae, uh, uh, with the Rastas and mm-hmm. reggae. There's a lot of songs about it. Everything you build is on a strong foundation, right? It all starts with a strong foundation. So Massimo had started a pipe collective in Rome with 
different you guys still there my internet yeah. is terrible yeah. i apologize i'm getting new internet tomorrow morning at eight to ten they're coming um so so anyway <laughs> oh, he, 11 yes <laughs> exactly so massimo had started this pipe collective of himself and really small pipe craftsmen in rome called foundation by massimo musica Wow. So when I started and I was looking <laughs> through trademarking, the name wasn't trademarked in the States. So I called Massimo up and I said, Massimo, you know, this is what I'm do doing. I'm starting a cigar company and I'm just going through names. You know, we, you need to get this trademarked so nobody uses it. And I said, what do you feel if I used it for my cigar company? Mm. He said, Nicolas. Yeah. You are the cigar maker. I am the pipe maker. It would be an honor for you to use foundation. Nice. So he gave me his blessing, and uh, that's really how foundation really started. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So Massimo, I'm I've been trying to get in touch with them recently because um, I've always dreamed of of doing some sort of collaboration with him. You know, with the pipe or selling, uh, he's really amazing. He's like a true artisan and craftsman, you know, to the 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 utmost level of you know, he's just so passionate in the way he talks and speaks about pipes is it's uh it's a whole different level. But That's we're awesome. gonna have to like get some art. of those pipes, Dan. Yeah. yeah. Well they they're only sold in Rome. Oh yeah, like they're to have a road to... trip, road trip. Yeah, Not just blowing smoke. To, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to um, get in contact with him, and and I'll let you guys know if um, you know kind of where they're at right now. Unfortunately, his you know partner Pablo Becker passed away. Uh, so yeah. If you ever find a Becker pipe anywhere, just get grab it. it. Yeah, they're just I mean they're amazing. Or Becker and Musico. I know. Um, I want to say it is RD Field ring a bell to you guys. Uh, they're they're Not sellers. Exactly. I think they were they used to be a pipe uh, seller to like cigar shops. This All is right. probably back back in the nineties, but they used to sell their pipes like in the late nineties. Maybe the last year was like oh one oh two, but from after that they just sold within you know the European market. So they've been tough to find. Okay. Sorry uh, for the long. Uh, no, no, long that's really great stuff. Um, let me, let me talk a little bit about, uh, uh, GLP's Westminster here. You know, I, I'd love to have Greg on the show. Wasn't able to get him for tonight, but uh, I did find that he wrote, uh, a little article on how and why this mixture came about. And so I, I thought I'd read a little bit of that and, nice. um, oh, well, let me, I'll just start this. Is, he wrote this right after it came out in 2007 this is uh it, it's called the road to westminster and it is um where is it it's in the briar and leaf chronicles if you google that you'll find out what it where it is um and greg says the passage of time can be a strange thing the engagement we experience with the things of life can dilate time in ways that almost seem drug-induced mm. confounding our sense of rhythmic transit in ways that are inexplicable producing a sort of temporal dissonance. 
He's he's got quite the vocabulary. Yeah, he does. Uh, so it is for me with a story with the history of Westminster's development. And while it feels like well over a year since I first found myself submerged in this project, it was really only March of 2006. And again, this is written in January 2007 um, that I was going to hit it full tilt. The background to the project, however, extends much farther in history, in some sense, back to my earliest days of pipe smoking, when a particular tobacco caught my fancy and hasn't really let it go. In about 1980, while I was still in my underoos, um, I wasn't well, even a twinkle yeah. in my mother's eye. Mm -hmm. While I was in the throes of exploring uh, many of the then readily available but still classic blends, mostly from such venerable house names as Sobrani, Dunhill, McConnell, Rattray, Sullivan Powell, and so on, you know the list, a few rooted themselves in my brain as truly exemplary. Many, perhaps, most of the blends that I tried were then were superb examples of what they were, but only a few truly resonated with my own tastes in blissful harmony. One of those blends was Dunhill's Marvelous London Mixture. This blend was first offered in 1928. The original catalog description read, quote, a delightfully harmonious blend of matured Virginia and Oriental tobaccos Soft and mellow, cool and fragrant. I won't argue. Of all the blends bearing the standard of Dunhill, this was the one for me. It had a richness, a sophisticated elegance, and a complex nature that kept it from being tiring. It was full enough to satisfy, but never overbearing. It wasn't as exotic as some of my other faves, but neither was it as pretentious. It was comfort food for the pipe and was destined to be a constant resident of my tobacco shelf for many years. Mm. Circa 1981, when the new shipments of Murray's produced, Dunhill, Murray's produced Dunhill blends began to find their way to the shelves, all the prior tins I'd smoked were earlier ones of Dunhill manufacture, I noticed changes in my beloved London mixture. It was still an excellent blend, but to my taste, it seemed to have lost a little something. Perhaps it wasn't as rich or as well-balanced. Memory tells me that the Latakia content was slightly lower, that the Virginias were somewhat stronger, that the balance was different. Still, an exceptional blend and one I gladly smoked, while acquiring older tins when I could find them to satisfy the deeper cravings, but just not the same. Of course, the older tins did have the advantage of time on their side, but there it took more than that to explain the changes. London Mixture has always been there for me, even as I've added uh, many other blends to my list of regulars over the years and removed some. And now that I've had the opportunity to experience the Murray's version at many different ages, I can say that although it is somewhat different from the original, it has remained an excellent tobacco and kept the spirit of the old blend alive. When I learned last year that Orlick had taken over production of the Dunhill blends from the Murray's, concern was raised. So I picked up a few tins of the last available Murray's production, <coughs> excuse me, and a few of the newer Orlick ones to try over the coming years. The Murray's version retained the character I loved about London Mixture right to the end. I can't be quite as positive in my assessment of the new version. 
while it's certainly a good tobacco in its own right, and a lot of the flavors are still present, though in a different balance, it's more shallow, less refined, and certainly less full. It's one more step removed from the, the original, at least to my tastes, and not nearly as appealing either to my palate or to my memories. It had become something different. Hmm. And so into the lab. (laughs) In March, I took samples from several vintages of London mixture, some kindly, some kindly sent to me by friends uh, about knowing about the journey I was about to embark on. I smoked each, carefully taking notes, and then began the laborious task of dissecting with magnifying glass and forceps the blends into their component parts. This is an inexact science at best, as after years of melding and aging, it can be quite difficult to discern the different tobaccos, but it would provide me some of the starting points for my own experiments aimed towards recreating a classic, or at least capturing something of its essence. The dissection done, I weighed each little mound of tobacco carefully and began to examine and analyze each. Countless hours were spent on this part of the project, but the insight gained was invaluable. Once I had a good idea of both components and proportions, I began the real work of creating a new blend. Several prototypes were mixed, each carefully assessed, and adjustments were made. This is one of those incremental processes that can consume all available hours. I'm sure you know about that, Nick. And (laughs) one that never really reveals the end point until you come quite close to it. By the middle of May, I'd narrowed it down to two different rough recipes, consisting of percentages of component classes, like Latakia, Oriental, Virginia. From here, I started working on the balance of the components in each group and what sort of processing would be necessary to accomplish the final goal. More prototypes, more experience, more experiments, excuse me more little glass jars full of 20 to 50 grams of blended tobaccos. Finally, by the early part of July, I had the one final version pretty much in hand. Small changes would still be required, but all indications were that I was getting quite close. My lab notes from the 10th of July begin, Westminster rocks, and rocks is in capital letters, and a list of people I would send samples to. Then it was something of a waiting game. I blended up a batch of this prototype version and put it aside to see how it would integrate over time. Though previous samples had already given me a pretty good clue, fast forward a bit, I sent Craig the manufacturing details and he put some together for sampling at the core show in Richmond. The response was very positive. In the interim, I'd made some very small adjustments and finalized everything. I set to work doing the label and getting everything ready for production. And finally, in December of 2006, everything was ready to go. And the blend was officially released on January 2nd, 2007. I carried this baby for nine months. And it's as much a part of me as it would be if it were human. I'm still thrilled with the results. Though not exactly the same as my beloved old pre-Murray's London mixture, it carries that spirit with it and delivers a great deal more than I'd thought possible at the outset. 
It evokes memories of those days in the early 1980s when I'd wander into Drucker's, grab a tin from the shelf, pull a coin from my pocket and open it, and revel in the richness of that first aroma. It does this in a way that my ancient tins do not. The wondrous changes that they have undergone through the grace of age makes them something different altogether. No less meaningful or important, but not evocative in the same manner. In addition to being a delightful smoke, Westminster has allowed me to revisit and in a way relive the past in a way that no other of my blends have. My old tins of London mixture are magnificent and are part of my little treasure box. One day, if all goes well, a few ancient tins of Westminster will take their place. Wow. You have to get him on this show. That was amazing. It wasn't yeah, that it was. great. Right. And yeah. so here's this, you know, this this desire to recreate this a Dunhill blend yeah. that had been around. And this is something that's kind of a, a unique thing with uh, um, pipe tobacco that you don't really see so much in the cigar world, you know, that what one company goes defunct or sells the blend, another company picks it up and produces the same thing. Right. You, know, you don't, I, I'm sure that happens, you know, well, we're, we're going to see it with uh, Nat Sherman, with Nat Sherman and, right. and, what Fuego? I can't ever. Jay Fuego. Jay Fuego. Well, well, it's not Jay Fuego. It's um, so it's. I can't. Her- Herklots. It's Michael and, Herklots. Yep. You know, is, you know. So maybe we'll see it that way. But you know, when you see blends passing hands, you know, over a hundred year period, you know, and seeing the different iterations of them, and you know, people comparing, oh, this is better. Oh, it's worse. It's not like the original. Right. You know, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I really think this is a really nice English blend. Yep. It's it's very I'm, well I'm balanced. It's smooth. Much. It's smoky. Mm-hmm. It's creamy. Yeah. There's a lot of nuance to it. It's not really um, overtly this or that. It's just this nice, pleasant symphony of tastes. It's really, really nice. What are, are you? That's like you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, it's it's. I awesome. do that it's a very, lot. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> totally. It's a, very smooth, very creamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, it's very complex. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so well blend, blended. This has got to be my favorite English blend yet. Really? Yeah. This is my first time having this, and man, like don't get me wrong, that Quiet mm. Nights is a hell of an English blend, mm. but this. It's up there. It's really nice, complex, like Dave said, mm-hmm. creamy, and especially with the um, with the scotch, you get a nice little that smoky accent in there. It's really nice. Yeah, it, it goes great with the ob- with the oban, mm. and it's funny because you know you go to the the major you know uh, websites like smokingpipes.com or whatever. Westminster's up there in the top twenty five you know lists of of what sells, and yet. In in the store, this is more of a slow mover. It is, which is crazy because this is, you know what I mean? This is something that, you know what I mean? I totally understand why it's in the top 20, Mm -hmm. top 10, if anything. And it's just a fantastic smoke, complex, Mm. smooth, very well balanced, especially with the good single malt. Mm. It just, it's butter all day. Would you like it if I sent you a tin of this? Of course you would. I would. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> After that, 
After he's that, I mean, right his, <laughs> the writing is unbelievable. I mean, he's yeah. a really, uh, he's you can just general. tell the passion and, and the craftsmanship involved in, in what, what he does. It would be amazing. Um, if you ever get him on the show, let me know. Cause I'd love to, sure. I'd love to, to watch that one. If oh, that, yeah. if that happens, I might have to, well, I, I have to make sure I'm not left speechless. I, I've, been, <laughs> I've been smoking his stuff since he started putting his stuff out around 2000. Wow. And um, um, some of his blends I've, I've been smoking since they hit the shelves uh, to this day. Cumberland. Cumberland being oh, one, yeah. Barbary Coast. Haddo's. Haddo's Delight. Oh, man. Um, nice. All great, great mixtures. And everyone is, everyone is different, even though it may have, you know, uh, the same Virginias or mm-hmm. Latakia or Perique, every blend is different. And it's just, it's mm. lovely. Everything is just really nice, smooth, complex, full of flavor. Mm. It's beautiful. Now, um, uh, we do, we do a, would you rather question near the end of each show? You up for doing a little, would you rather question? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> you, stuck, you stuck around this you yeah, might... I'm almost. I'm finishing my smoke here, so it's perfect. It's <laughs> right. funny, you know. Nick usually finishes the cigar before anybody else. That's true. You know, but I was. That was, was me done. at the end of the first. Nice. Right. I enjoyed the bejeebers out of that thing. It's great smoke. I smoked the bloody hell out of it. Mm. <laughs> um. So here's the would you rather question, and everyone's going to answer this. All right. But uh, Nick, we'll go with you first. Would you rather? Uh-oh. Binge watch Downton Abbey Ooh. or James Bond. Oh, I'm gonna say, I want you know, I'm only gonna say Downton Abbey because I haven't watched <laughs> all of them, and I'm biased. <laughs> I haven't watched all of them, so I, I James Bond, I, I've definitely watched uh many times yeah so uh you talking older james bond or uh well my, if, when i was thinking of the question myself i was thinking older james Sean bond. Connery, Sean yeah. Connery. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah pierce yeah, bros i mean those are good i mm. mean yeah they're so different though i mean they are it's uh, really a different guy altogether yeah i'm biased on this question too so <laughs> yeah yeah that's okay we appreciate it but I actually been meaning to watch all of that. I've only gotten through uh, first season, uh, first five of Downton Abbey and the movie I watched. Uh, <laughs> so I got to watch the rest of them. I, I I don't know. Is is Downton Abbey still in production? Is it something that's a current it's, show it's or not? It, uh, they released a movie. I uh, I think it's now a uh, couple years ago. Um, or a year and a half ago, and they just announced recently they're doing a, a, a sequel to the movie that's coming out next year, I think. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, HBO, you know, uh, now that Game of Thrones has been off the air for a few years, they, yep. they, yeah. they need to do a prequel of it. <laughs> I thought they were working on some other um, something, like another uh, series based on Game of Thrones, but like a different timeline of yeah, um, like something King like that. Or something it's, like that. It's 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 based on another one of um, 
his books, but it takes place 300 years before the events of Game of Thrones. Really? And that that's looking to come out in 2022. But if it's anything like Game of Thrones, I just finished watching that. I'd watch. Did you really? I binged. I binged the first five, uh, six seasons, and then, yeah. you know, I don't. I, I don't. I don't really like paying for HBO and all those things and yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of time. So, but uh, I, I recently, recently, you know, now that you can kind of, you know, like with Amazon or whatever, you can just kind of add HBO instead yeah. of this $150 cable bill. You can watch all, all right. this. Stuff. Uh, I said, well, I'll do that for a month or two and, and finish watching. And it was so awesome. It's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, we'll yeah. see if I keep it. But what would you, Nick, rather do? Would you rather binge watch Downton Abbey or old James Bond? Old James Bond. I'm a big James Bond fan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm big on Sean Connery. Sean Connery. I, I love those old James Bond. It was just so the uh, the acting and everything was just so. It was just so misogynistic crazy. and it, But it was. Well, I slap you, woman. Tell me. I'll slap you. Stop it, James. Oh, I love you, James. You got the point. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, just uh, probably because more more so than not is because he he is now he's passed away, Sean yeah, Connery. Yeah. And I loved. I think I watched almost a lot of his movies. Um, I was a big Sean Connery fan. I loved yeah. him, um, especially in the J- in the James Bond. Um, every I started watching the James Bond with him, and then when uh, Pierce Brosnan took over, and then Daniel Craig, and I love everything about that. Now you skipped Roger Moore. Roger Moore. My apologies. Uh, and old I, Roger Moore. Good old mm-hmm. Roger Moore. But I it would for <laughs> me, I could probably watch 007. Yeah. Every day, I'm a you know what I mean. My my family's big in military and police, so for me, it's it's like mm. it's second nature. One of my favorite scenes with with Roger Moore it was in uh, you know when you know in Octopussy when he's <laughs> he's like uh, looking at the the babe's tattoo and he says, "What's what's that tattoo there?" And she goes, "Oh, that's my little octopusy." And he looks at the camera, and his eyes just kind of open a little bit. <laughs> like, I wasn't expecting that. No, okay. he was not. <laughs> yeah, what about you, Dave? Are you uh, like Downton Abbey? Or well, I, I'd, I'd watch. I'd watch Downton Abbey just because I never even heard of it before tonight. Really? Really? Yeah. Never heard of it. Either. Never heard of it. I'm like, what is this? That was like the that the all the craze. If you like the 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 drama show. The British drama show in old England. Because I'd, I'd watch that cause, just because I, I know nothing of it. So well, you, you know Bond. you got to, Nick, you know you got to watch. So when I started, when Downton Abbey started um, coming up on, like, my feed and stuff like that, like, in the early seasons, a lot of people got it mistaken, like, the, the word Downton Abbey. They thought it was Downtown Abbey. Yeah, <laughs> and they, thought, they, they did a parody with P. Diddy. And they, I don't know where they filmed it, but they did a parody with P. Diddy, and it was called Downtown Abbey. And P. Oh Diddy was, it was it, it was, it was, it was so funny, and that's kind of got got me into that. And I started yeah. watching. I think I watched like one or two episodes, and 
I was just laughing because a lot of people were like, oh, it's Downtown Abbey? So, and then they made a parody with P. Diddy, and I yeah. watched it, and I was like, oh, my God. All right, I got to watch I gotta, what it. I got to find that. Oh, my God, it's so hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> because it's P. Diddy and, like, the Victorian times, and he's wearing a suit, and he's, like, talking yeah. Brooklyn. And I was like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, like, early 1900s. It was, yeah. It's based, and it's kind of loosely based on um you know the actual high clear it's basically high clear so they just call it downton abbey instead mm -hmm. of so the logo is high clear the castle yeah um and it's uh i think they started in 2010 yeah um, it, it's originally aired but it was a pbs pbs did it i think it was a oh, yeah, was, masterpiece yeah. series um re really great acting um it's you know, it hit really big, I think, uh, amongst um, more female populations um, within the United States. But outside the States, it's, I think, one of the most viewed, um, especially for it's crazy in, in like the, the China. It's like a huge thing. And yeah, I think because of maybe the British influence at one point out there and uh, yeah, it's one of the most, I think, viewed shows in top top like five in the world yeah, yeah. which is interesting yeah oh, yeah like it's, it's that huge hit show that that's my favorite yeah. mm, there mm. you go so uh what's the final uh, verdict here on westminster two thumbs up my two friend. thumbs up for you Excuse i'm gonna have it. to go and buy this this is great mm -hmm. this is a wonderful english blend it's not too much it's perfect mm. Yeah. When I started smoking, Perfect. I was big into the real heavy Latakias, you know, Dunhill's nightcap and mm. all that stuff. And I think I burned myself out. I know I've said that on the show before. You have, yep. yeah. Uh, yeah, probably more than uh, I probably don't need to say anymore. But <clears throat> this is something no. I could smoke fairly often. It's just, yeah. it's got that nice smokiness to it, yeah. but it's not, it's, it's not, not something that's overbearing or. Yeah. You know, taking out your palate or something like that. Yeah. Very smooth. Very this is kind of up there with uh, Fourth Gen Afternoon. Uh, yes, Afternoon Blend. Fourth Gen's Afternoon Blend is fantastic. It's, it's really good. That's that good. that blend too is a light mm -hmm. English blend mm -hmm. where it would be unbelievable after a nice uh, a nice lunch, and you're just kind of sitting back and relaxing for about an hour. Mm. This is also that blend that I would go to as well. Sure. Yeah. It's got the subtle sweetness. It's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Really right. well balanced. Well, <clears throat> mm. Nick, thank you so much for being My on the pleasure, show. My pleasure, guys. And especially great. pipes. I'm so yeah. glad that oh, yeah. you're It's too. such a pleasure having you, man. Uh, it, my pleasure, guys. It's not too often I get to talk about pipes with people. So it's, uh, it's a pleasure to uh, see, see guys enjoying pipes, man. Yeah, we're gonna, gonna have to play out some more episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah just, definitely. Just get definitely. you on and have a pipe episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we might have to. We gotta, we gotta smoke a smoke a bowl in person at some, po oh, at some yeah. point. Oh yeah, and a cigar. Oh yeah, that would be but, awesome. But yeah. thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, wish you guys continued uh, success with the show and thank be you. safe. And uh, we'll be in contact. Awesome. You as well. Yep, and uh, we'll be back here next week, 8 o'clock. You won't want to miss it. Absolutely. Until then, thanks for watching. And that's not just blowing smoke. Another day, another smoke break.
You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top